This is Nick, owner of the Rum Runners, two-time ship champion. We appreciate you listening to the North Side Story Podcast. Trade to announce our first trade in this league. I am proud to be the first of the two teams in our league to have a trade this year. Um, After we recorded last night, I was kind of searching around trying to find certain teams that might match up. Found one, sent a couple offers. Both were declined when I woke up, but. Uh, there was a counter, which usually means that, you know, there's some traction going. Oh, I love um, a good counter. So some texts were sent. And Blake does not know any of this, I don't. by the way. No one knows this besides the two teams. Uh, we did a handshake agreement over text. LA Bash Bros is trading CD Lamb. Oh. And Darrell Henderson Jr., Two, do you have any guesses? Um, I know you were talking to Sam today, but you said nothing materialized there. CD Lamb. I'm gonna guess. I'm gonna guess Nick. And correct. There is one person in this league that responds to trades. Uh, Phillips. And that is Phillips. Wow. So we have CD Lamb and Darrell Henderson Jr. for Marquise Brown, who I know is injured, but he's back in a month. Mm-hmm. And DeAndre Swift. Wowzers. Wowzers, so, wowzers, wowzers. I get a running back, which I need. And I know DeAndre can, uh, I'm taking that chance. I think his boom potential is, is very nice for my squad. Uh, he should be healthy, whether it's this week or next week. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm excited to have him on my team. That is a high-flying offense. He gets a lot of carries. He catches the ball. He does everything. Phillips has... A plethora of running backs. He he tried to counter with Zeke Elliott, um, which I just I literally just just I, I was uh I believe I offered him Cortland and something else for Kenny Walker, um, knowing that you know Kenneth and how good he is. He's I have him in another league, and um, once I noticed that he declined those and he changed his name to the White Walkers. Uh, shout out Game of Thrones. I, I knew that that this wasn't going to materialize with either Derrick Henry or Kenneth Walker. Then he asked Zeke for Cortland Sutton. I wasn't really digging that at all. And so I said, is DeAndre Swift available? He said, let me see what I can do. He sent me the trade. I looked it over. Uh, we agreed to it. So I will be having an RB1 finally. Phillips will be having a really good wide receiver in CeeDee Lamb. Um, I still think there's more potential to CeeDee Lamb and what he can do. Uh, especially with Dak coming back, but I just felt like I needed to, with the wide receivers that I have, um, I needed to grab a running back. I'm, I'm like, I'm getting over the shock. I'm just like, my gut, so here we go. My gut feeling, first off, is why would you want two pieces of that Arizona offense with DeAndre Hopkins and Marquise Brown? So that's my first thought. Mm-hmm. And... I know statistics show when when D Hop is in the lineup, Kyler Murray is a way better quarterback in terms of mm-hmm. QBR, in terms of 
passing yards, touchdowns. Like he's a better player when that threat's on the field. We haven't seen both those guys on the field yet together playing in regular season games. So I still think there's a mystery there. But Marquise Brown has showed that he can be a target hog where I think with DeAndre Hopkins in the mix, I don't think they're going to eat off each other. I think, I don't, I don't know. But I have to give it to Phillips here. With his, I'm looking at his lineup right now. I'm looking after bye weeks. Uh, a starting four with Derrick uh, Henry, Kenneth Walker, A.J. Brown, and C.D. Lamb. Mm-hmm. It's oh, nice. Think, it's good. That's I, filthy. What I will say, though, is that I'm glad that DeAndre Swift already has his bye week out of the way. So I yeah. do not have to worry about that the rest of the year. Now, and they were course, precautious with him, too. So they, they yeah. did a good approach where they gave him and he top does, heading in. He, he does get hurt. Uh, he's gotten hurt, I feel like, every single season for a few weeks out of that season. Um, so there, there is that chance that I'm taking, but I, I like the potential. The whole Marquise Brown thing, I honestly thought he was out for the rest of the year before I read today that he's only out four to six weeks. I really have no plans for my Marquise Brown. He's going to be on my team. He's just going to ride the IR for a bit. Um, but I never I, – I don't want to play Darrell Henderson ever. So – I figured he was out of the running backs that I have, maybe besides like Chase Edmonds. I, I just didn't want Darrell Henderson on my team. But since he is a starting running back, it's weird with them. Like even this last Sunday, they were still using Malcolm Brown. They were using another running back as well. Some guy off the practice squad was getting carries. And I know they were up like by a touchdown, 10 points, but they were like cycling guys through. So I don't think Darrell, he's going to get 10, 15 carries a game. But I'm still not sold, especially on that offensive line him being a productive, like, even an RB3. No. Yeah, I, I think that was a good pickup by you and being able to ship that off in the trade. Yeah, I just picked him up literally less than a week ago. So, to me, it was more of just a DeAndre for CD Lamb, which I feel like is a very fair trade for two teams that had obvious needs. And, and not that Phillips is out of the race, but this is a kind of move that he has to make. He can't afford to have... Uh, Hollywood on the bench. He can't afford to have that. He needs to address his team now. He needs to make a push to get back into this. So I can see where if you're looking at player by player uh, assessment that you mm-hmm. may you may down the road be over the top. But it doesn't matter which players you have if your team's not winning or come you're not going to be making the playoffs. So this is an aggressive move by Phillips, and oh, I think it's a great move. I think this this definitely. Definitely four stacks his team to be a really good team. And, uh, I mean, Geno Smith, if, if that can continue to flourish, he can be a serviceable quarterback. And really now he just gets to figure out that flex spot. But he he still has options at running back. Um, he, yeah, I, this is this I, this is the greatest opener ever we've ever had on an episode. Just fired mm-hmm. up right now. Yeah, I, I, knew, I knew saving it the entire day. Trust me, I wanted to be able to – Push accept. We both agreed to it. Um, so there's there's no, you know, backing out. This will be accepted once this episode goes live. Uh, Blake will send out the link to everyone. Make yep. sure that it's in the title, that there is a trade oh, to announce. I if will. they want to find it I first, will. they can listen to the pod. And then I will accept it. So we're covering all the matchups that were of last week. Start of bye weeks, week six. Mm-hmm. Low, very low scoring. I let's just get into it. I'm like I'm all hot and bothered right now. <laughs> it's officially trade season. 
Just make a fucking comment of it, though. Here we go. Take two. So this is our second take. Jake's mad. He's he's upset because we just... It's a waste, uh, waste of the last 20 minutes. We recorded this, but I forgot to hit the record button. So we're going to be a little extra snippy on this matchup analysis. Oh, LA Bash Bros taking the L against the Run Runners. Both teams go 3-3. Three to three. Jake losing by near 30 points. Justin Herbert sucks. <laughs> he does not suck. Um, he is playing with a banged up offensive line. He's. Um, I'm not gonna even necessarily, like, really say like, oh, it's Keenan Allen because he has had some weeks without Keenan to where he's done good against the Texans. He had 20 points. Um, but Denver has a legit defense and their offensive play calling. I've really struggled with it over the last like year or so. Justin Herbert has one of the best arms as far as being able to to throw the ball far. And they rarely stretch the field. And it's frustrating. They don't really have a wide receiver that they can stretch the field. That's something else that I'm frustrated about. I feel like if they were to get someone, for instance, like a Brandon Cooks, I would love that on the Chargers. Um, I would love that too, actually. Yeah, as a as as you as you have Brandon Cooks on your team. Um, but someone that's vertical, someone that can stretch the field, I think is super important for this team, especially for Herbert himself. Because if you remember back to his rookie year, he was just throwing 50-yard bombs to Jalen Guyton. To, at that time, it was Tyron Johnson as well. And he just drops them in perfectly. Last year, Jalen Guyton caught that one against the Giants to where he was hitting them all over the field. But their game plan yesterday, you can just tell it was very much just dink and dunk and kind of chip away down the field. And their red zone offense has been really bad lately as well. It's, it's honestly just Austin Eckler catching passes out of the backfield. So I'm not, I'm not too worried about Justin Herbert. Um, I'm more worried about the pieces around him. Yeah, I mean, it's understandable. As your quarterback, you want to make sure you have your guys out there. It definitely hurts not having Keaton Allen. And definitely hurts with that banged up offensive line just being a sleeve right now. You're going against that crazy pass rush with Denver. Um, but I believe they get a break next week. So that should open it back up. Mm-hmm. Okay, but if he doesn't suck, and Cortland Sutton sucks, and that Denver offense is just horrible. <laughs> I mean, my whole team this week just did not okay. perform well, well except for Mark, Mark Andrews. I, I think it was one of those things uh, that just all of them kind of came together collectively and agreed to just have a terrible week. I think Mark Andrews was the only player that – I guess the running backs as well did in the, in the AM part. But I felt like Mark Andrews was the only player that was playing for me in the 10 o'clock games. And then at that time, you know, Raheem and Jeff – really didn't do anything there both of their teams were down at the start of the game so it was kind of frustrating to watch them not get any play and yeah it's just an all-around bad week for my team um and we just move on to next week well and we'll talk about it in the next episode because we'll go over the next week's matchup but on the up and up with your team we got new coffins coming back and thank goodness yeah, I'm excited. stinks um, i'm excited for him but let's go to nicks i called it I, I normally we we say we make projections on teams and like we get to be like nice and be like oh yeah I mentioned that no I called it the Packers got blown out by the Jets that defense is so good Aaron Rodgers looked he kind of almost looked like Justin Herbert he kind of just looked like a shell of himself in terms mm-hmm. of uh, adjusting that offensive scheme around just how good um, that defensive line was they were chasing after him all game Aaron Jones was stifled. They couldn't get the running game going. That Alan Lazard touchdown was just I, I, not a fluke because, I mean, you got to get a touchdown at some point. 
But mm-hmm. it was a great throw by Aaron Rodgers. I believe it was just like a little like back corner in the back of the end zone, just like one on one. He just had to be his man. It was a great throw, a great catch. But this is we we talk about it every time Nick loses. You ride and die with one offense, then you're you're gonna win some weeks, but you're gonna lose bad some weeks. He got lucky this week. Yeah, I mean, a lot of teams had low scoring points. I feel like one, two, three, four, five, six. So more than half the the league this week had less than a hundred. I feel like it was just a weird week across the board. But he he definitely, I mean, he broke a hundred for the first time in the last like three or four weeks. Um, and the majority of his points came from Tyreek Hill. Um, kind of just I was getting Tyreek to death. I like to say I that love because it. I feel like. There are just moments in games when Tyreek Hill plays and you just know that he's going to drop, you know, 15 points and a half by just catching six or seven passes for 100 yards easy. And that's what happened in the second half of that game. Um, and then Christian McCaffrey, I think, started the game out against the Rams. I think he had 10 oh points my, in the first quarter. It was so scary. So and I, scary. And he didn't have anything the rest of the game until the very last drive where he caught, like, literally a three-yard pass that he turned into a 40-yard gain. Um, so yeah, uh, Nick had Nick, congrats to Nick. He, he met his projections. It was at one Oh two exactly. Um, wow. and he had a one Oh two point two eight. So, um, you know, he finally got in that win column. Um, and I will chalk it up. Uh, let's, you know, peel back the curtain a little bit. Nick texted me on Saturday wanting to do a $20 bet on our week. I don't like to bet. And, uh, you know, when I my fantasy team is involved, because I feel like it's bad luck. I said that in the chat. Blake decided to bet Nick. Never put bet, me in a group message. He decided. Uh, I don't know if I put you in that one. Um, but Blake took my team. Nick took his team, of course. I knew that moment that Blake took me because Blake is a horrible gambler. I was going Debatable. to lose. So I, I knew going into Sunday the, the odds were against me, even if my team was projected to beat him by, you know, 20 points or so. Um, but I will chalk up my loss and my low scoring week to Blake's $20 that he just, you know, gave away to Nick. Um, sometimes you have win-win propositions. This is a win-win for me. Either win a measly little 20 bucks or watching uh, LA Bash Bros go to three and three. I'll take yeah, a little, that. little bit of a dirty, dirty play, but we'll see if I have any uh, tricks up my sleeve. When you get into week seven of fantasy football in the Northside story, Northside uh, 2020 league, you got to do everything you can to scrap and get a win. And with, with this outcome, I felt like it was a win for me, knocking people back to that three and three, which you guys both are, but you're sitting in fourth place with that point four uh, points four. And Nick, three and three, sitting at seventh place. It's a three and three Palooza in north in the north side league. Goes mm-hmm. to Forte, gets the win, puts him three to three, beats Team Mercier. She is three and three. I think Kenny. So is Phil undefeated now with Kenny Pickett leading the helm? Um, he won the last two weeks. Yeah, pretty sure I he started so. both weeks. Yeah, he started the last two weeks. Yeah, he's two and zero. Even though, once again, Phil cursed Phil loses a quarterback to injury. Kenny Pickett, I think, got hurt in the the first the late first half uh, with a concussion. He was out the rest of the game. He does have some good news with Tua coming back next week. So mm-hmm. knowing knowing that curse, though, I, I don't you know if Tua gets another concussion, he he might die. Hey. 
Jeez, that's dark. Well, he didn't need it this week. He didn't need Kenny Pickett to play the whole game because his Buffalo Bills players went off yet again. That was going to be a high-scoring game and may not have lived up to the bill that I think everyone was hoping for, but Stephon Diggs, Gabe Davis, both coming in with monster performances, and Dalvin Cook's back. Yeah, I mean, I I like to give Phil shit, but I t- I say this every single week. I do think he has the best foursome in the league, and 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 now Gabe Davis and T Higgins perhaps can, can be a little bit interchangeable. Gabe Davis has had good back to back weeks, um, and prior to that, he had two terrible weeks. But you know, when when Buffalo is playing a team that doesn't necessarily have good corners, then I think you do have to start both, and so. Uh, T Higgins was kind of questionable throughout the whole entire week. So I, I believe that's why Phil kind of sat him on the bench, but with Dalvin cook and Saquon um, and Stefan all, you know, if they put in that kind of output every single week, you're going to get a win every week. doesn't matter what the rest of your team does, to be honest. So I, uh, I think Phil has a sneaky good team to like contend for an actual title this year. Wow. I think just Phil needs to get out of this kind of lump that's going on right now. I feel like a lot of teams right now, being in that three to three spot, uh, these next two, three weeks, you got to be on the right side of these. Uh, he, Yeah, he just got to be on the right side. And I know that we'll talk about it in the next episode. He's going to fall into a little bit of a buy again with a lot of his top end guys oh, yeah, uh, going is. out. Yeah, oh, yeah, he is. Jake's already looking at matchups. Mm-hmm. Um, zoning out a little bit. Did you touch on Ramondre Stevenson at all? No, I was going to leave that to you because you you predicted Thank you, that. thank you. I'm, we're recording this in order. So the two projections that I made on the two matchups, I would write again. So chalk it up to the book about guys that I'm endorsing are going to show out. Ramondre Stevenson, if he continue to, continues to get that uh, one running back room, uh, one, one running back room that he's kind of, He's going to excel. That guy's a runner. Uh, I believe he has Chicago up next. That's a pretty good defense, but that's going to be a game that the Patriots are going to be in throughout the mm-hmm. entire game. So he's going to get those touches. And, uh, man, he might have a five-some here. Yeah, I don't know. I, I do think that when Damian Harris comes back, I do think they're going to be splitting carries here and there. Um, but, I mean, that's a good problem to have because he can either – Go with T. Higgins or Gabe Davis there. He can have Ramondre Stevenson in there. The rest of his bench is okay. Drake London's definitely been more like coming. He like came way down to earth after the third week. Like he has not done much after the third week of the season. Um, so, you know, we'll talk about next week's matchup next episode. But, you know, Phil overall, his starting his starting squad is, is very solid. Um, he just needs to make sure that his quarterbacks um, stay alive. That's that's a who would have thought it would be a tall test, but with the ghost of Forte, quarterback killer, you got to watch out. That's what his nick his name should be now from now on as the quarterback killer. Well, who? Yeah, I guess I was trying to think of a pun there, but I, all I want to do is talk about Sam's team and look at uh, Clyde Edwards Hilaire. Get him off your starting lineup. I know you don't have any options on in for running back on your bench. Because Melvin Gordon is Melvin Gordon, who no one wants to start that guy. No one wants any pieces besides maybe Cortland Sutton at this point on the Denver uh, mm-hmm. offense. But Sam, you have to do something. And I'm I know we had buys this week with Amon Ross St. Brown. I know Damian Harris is hurt. 
I guess you like, but you need you need a trade. You need to you need yeah. to fill that running back spot. I'm looking like, at Sam's team. Dire. I'm looking at Sam's team, and I and I I feel like I have perhaps just kind of a back end running back two that she might want here or there, and maybe Sam. I offered you. I sent you a trade for Mike Evans. Let's do Mike Evans. Okay, we're not Najee doing mock, mock trades over. I know. I already sent it. I'm, um, I'm, I'm pleading with you. Mike Evans for Najee. There you go. Um, but I, I definitely think, yeah, I agree. Clyde Edwards Hilaire can't really start. But like we both said, like she doesn't have anybody. Damian Harris is hurt. Melvin Gordon is not going to be playing unless he gets traded, it looks like. So there's not really anyone that I feel like can start over Clyde at this moment. But yeah, I definitely think a trade needs to happen. And without Jamar's 30-point, you know, put up this week, you're looking at, you know, around 80 points, which is, I mean, Ryan Suckup had 14. So, yeah, I definitely think some sort of change needs to happen for Sam's team. I feel like perhaps her team is kind of coming de- back down um, to earth. And, you know, she had the least uh, the points or least points against. Um, and then this week, Phil drops the most points for So. I definitely think that this is starting to, you know, balance it out, but I, I think she needs to make a move to kind of, you know, keep herself in the fourth, fifth, sixth of this league. Well, she's there right now. She's sixth. Phil's fifth. Both tied three and three. Official boys against Bubble Butker. Brian with a sneaky winning streak. Uh, Blake has the top winning streak as of right now. He's no won doubt. four in a row. Huh? Oh, I just said no duh. Oh, no duh. Yeah. Um, and then we have Brian with uh, three wins in a row that have kind of propped him up to number two spot at four and two. Phillips, two and four at the 10th spot after this matchup. Which team do you want to dive in first? Bubble Bucker, because I want to make a proclamation. All right, go ahead. It's not going to work out in this league because he's not on my team. But I'm going to go on record and say that Kenneth Walker will be on the, like, they always come out the stats at the end of the fantasy football year, like, which player was on the number one team most, like, Kenneth Walker is a league winner. Mm. He will be involved in most winning teams, like, across all fantasy football. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. He, it was a home run for picking him up. I think he's going to continue to, um, I think he's just going to continue to perform all year long. So I'm going to applaud him for that. I feel like if there's any way for him to get out of the 10th spot, it's him. Um, it starts with that pickup of having Kenneth Walker on his team. Mm-hmm. The, you know, Benjamin, I was very high on him. That was just a sloppy, ugly game. But still, getting out eight points, still pretty good, I guess, for a backup. It's not really what you wanted to plug and play. And he did miss out that projection. And... Like Mark, that yeah, I'm 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 not worried about his team, really. Uh, Devin Duvernay, it's it's literally a crapshoot. You're literally betting on black in roulettes every time you play Devin Duvernay. You either get him on a little end around, taking him to the crib, or he's just not involved. So I appreciate I appreciate the chance going for that uh, for his flex spot. But I guess the question I have for you is. And it's not really that big of a one because I feel like Travis Etienne now is creeping into possibly like flex consideration. But mm-hmm. would you be how how do you dissect that Jaguars backfield now with Travis Etienne the last two weeks going above ten points? 
still only getting 10 carries, but a lot more effective. Yeah, I mean, he, he had one run that I think it was like 40, 45 yards. Um, yeah, that he himself after the game I think said that he should uh, he is not sure how he didn't score a touchdown, um, but I, man, I we were so high on the Jags. I feel like three weeks into the season after that Charger game, I was like, yeah, this offense looks smooth. It looks good. It's working well. That is one of the worst, like, just flips. They yeah. do not look good. They're not efficient in the red zone. Trevor Lawrence just doesn't look. He looks kind of like he did last year. Um, they're not really using their weapons. Their defense looks bad. So I'm not really sure what to make of what's going on in Jacksonville. But ETN has had two back-to-back good weeks, just hasn't found the end zone. If he finds the end zone in either one of those two games, that's a solid 18, 17, 18-point 18 performance. Is what you want? That's exactly what you want out of a, like an RB2. Um, so I don't know. I, I, think, I think Phillips has... Uh, has a good amount of running backs, and I think I think his wide receivers are kind of shaky. Like Marquise Brown being out, he's going to be out for a while now. Yeah. Um, and he doesn't, in my opinion, doesn't have an, a wide receiver too whatsoever. I'm not trusting Devin Duvernay. I like Chris Olave. I think he's a good wide receiver. Um, but I think once everyone gets back and healthy on that team, I, I still think he's going to perform, but he's not someone that I would trust as a, a, a wide receiver too. I'd probably trust him as a flex play. Um, so if I were him, I would kind of look for trades. He still has Jonder Swift on the IR. So, you know, having Swift, Derrick Henry, and Kenneth Walker with you have ETN as well. And That's even Zeke crazy. looked good, good last week. And I know and against a good Philadelphia Eagles, you know, he's always kind of done really well against the Eagles. So we'll have to see if that continues against like someone like Detroit, which it should. But he has four or five running backs that that are pretty good that I feel like he, on like, for instance, my team, I think all I have are RB twos, maybe even just flex running backs. And so I, I, I'm definitely interested in trying to maybe strike a deal with, with him. My only thing with ETN is this past week, uh, Trevor Lawrence, he had two rushing touchdowns on the goal line. Mm-hmm. So the, yeah, in terms of the team output, yeah, they're, we were super high on them. We were super excited. They were winning big games. Uh, they're falling apart, but there's still there's still fantasy outlook. There's still van- fantasy production out there for that team. Mm-hmm. And when I see two kind of walk in Trevor Lawrence on the goal line, I mean, I still see okay, it's not going to continue. He's not going to get in two touchdowns again. It's going to go to the running back core. Tra- uh, Etn has been a little bit more involved. He probably is a better running back. In that backfield, as much as I love James Robinson and I was just touting him, um, that's going to be the future for that team. And it seems like they're finally giving him the chance of actually competing for that job. So it it may come sooner or later where Travis Etienne is an option that yeah. you can plug into your lineup. But he's in a situation where he's plentiful at running back. So we got to start looking. We're getting close to – I don't even know when the trade deadline is. But, like, it's it's legitimately closer. Right now. It's legitimately closer. So teams that are that still feel like they're in the hunt, you got to start making decisions pretty soon. So, yeah, why don't you talk about Brian's team and I'll, I'll get you that trade deadline. Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey, once again, you're banking it. You're getting your twenty points from from Patrick Mahomes. You're getting your easy fifteen. It seems like every week with Travis Kelsey, you bank it, you set it, mm-hmm. you forget it. We talked about I mean, that. Go ahead. 
I was just gonna say, uh, to me, Patrick Mahomes didn't have that great of a game. He threw matter. two picks. Um, I mean, twenty points. I mean, in general, Brian didn't have a great week. Like I said, in a couple of matchups ago, like not a lot of teams had good weeks. Yeah. Um, and this was was this one of Mahomes' lowest performances this year. Uh, I guess he had back to back seventeen weeks or seventeen point weeks, but under twenty, which is not usually. And Kelsey definitely, you know, Kelsey did his thing. But I feel like Mahomes, he, he played a good Buffalo defense, so that's definitely, you know, the reason why. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I mean, you're going to get what you're going to get from Mahomes most likely every week. But at San Francisco next week, I think that's a sneaky, like, tough, tough matchup. I just, I mean, I'm looking at through the prism of my running back, my quarterback with Kyler Murray, <laughs> and I'm 5-1 and one and I'm scraping by. So I look at the guaranteed, like you said, his floor so far this, this season, 17 points. There's teams that would kill for that right now. Mm-hmm. There's like Kirk, like the Kirk uh, Sam's team, Kirk Cousins, or Phil's team with Kenny Pickett. Like teams would kill yeah. for that. So uh, having that security blanket at 17 is wonderful. Al Kamara's mm-hmm. back. That offense still needs to figure out who their starting quarterback is. Um, I don't. Even, I don't. Even, they don't even know who their quarterback is going to be for next week. Um, but Al Kamara's kind of solidified his his kind of base floor as a running back, I guess a, a very, very, very high end running back too, but like low in RB one and Miles Sanders. I don't even, I don't even keep tabs on Miles Sanders. I just look to see if he had projections, then I'm just going to continue <laughs> to say that Miles Sanders, he's rolling. Yeah. I think he set. had, I think he had a, uh, let me see how long this touchdown was. I'm trying to figure it out. I think it was inside the five, but yeah, he, he had a, he had a good game. Um, with averaging three point nine a carry, had eighteen carries, and they kind of just ran down the Cowboys like throughout that second half. The second half, they didn't really have the ball that much. Um, but yeah, he he had a decent game. But I I don't know. And this is another thing. Brian has good good running backs. Um. But I'm still – I'm going to say DK just had a rough game, and I'm just going to chalk it up to that. still think DK is, is is a very good play. But I am not sold on Jerry Judy still. Like, Jerry Judy is not someone who I would want to play as my our, our wide receiver too. George Pickens, um, I feel like that's just a flyer. And I know that's – you perhaps just started him because Damian Pierce was on a bye. So that's where Damian Pierce would be. But there's no one else on Brian's bench – that you know you can kind of plug in and and feel comfortable playing. I feel like rookie wide receivers, um, this boom that we had with like Justin Jefferson coming out, like Jamar Chase. I feel like everyone is looking for that hot rookie wide receiver that they're blind sometimes, where they're blind to like the, I guess like the situations that they're in. Um, Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh's struggling with their offense right now. I know Trubinsky came in. He looked like an absolute beauty uh, saving Kenny Pickett last week, and he threw some dimes to close out that game. But, I mean, George Pickett has the talent, but that offense, that Pittsburgh offense just doesn't have the talent. Uh, if you're high well, on him, I mean, you, go ahead. To, to, I was going to say, to be honest, I feel like it's just one receiver a week, like, and it just varies with what receiver. Like, for instance, Chase Claypool caught seven catches, 96 yards, and a touchdown. Yeah. And you're week. never going to start him. Like, you're never, like, you're not. That. And then I think the week before, I think that's when George Pickens had, you know, he had six catches for 83 yards. So it, it's a different player every week, which is frustrating for fantasy purposes. 
Um, and yeah, their quarterback situation is kind of just all over the place. It's not really a, a set one. I know with injuries and whatnot, but you know, you already have, you're already, you're already starting a rookie quarterback and then he gets hurt and you're putting back the backup who played well. So there's going to be that kind of back and forth. I just, I wouldn't be comfortable starting any Pittsburgh wide receiver, whether it's Pickens, Deontay Johnson, Chase Claypool, because um, I just don't know what I'm getting out of any of those three guys. I think I can confidently say it right now, top of my head, there is not a rookie wide receiver that I would want to start. Um, yeah, I would want to start unless I'd like buy, if it's bye week implications, maybe I go with like uh, Romeo Dobbs. That's probably like the lowest I go, or maybe Drake London, but even that offense. But mm, I would okay. say I'd say Chris Olave is is one. Um, Chris Olave for, I mean, right now he's twenty third ranked wide receiver, and he missed last week. So I think regardless, what I'm, the point I'm trying to say, and I'm and I'm looking at George Pickens when I'm saying this is that if you like the talent, just hold him on the bench. I I don't think you can start it with confidence. And my feeling is that what's the, the plan with all all of our rookie wide receivers this year. So, yeah, I think that's fair. I think I think there are going to be some guys that kind of, you know, one that we I don't think we've ever talked about. Which I watch. I feel like I don't know why I watch their games, but I really like Alec Pierce for the Colts. Yeah, I feel like he gets a lot of catches because um, they throw the ball around a lot. Um, and he's one. I think he's on someone. I think he might be on like a Shane's team. He's on, on the, the Shane's bench. team. Yep. Yeah, um, he's someone that I think um, you know you could you possibly can play as as a flex option. But yeah, I don't think there's anybody that's a wide receiver too. Yeah, well, with this win though by the official boys puts them at four two second place. Bubba Buckers, as you mentioned, Jake occupying the cellar. Oh, how have how do you, how does it go? Oh, how have the I'll try Steph again. team got blown out. No, we're not blown <laughs> out. Uh, once touted as both of our favorite teams to win this league. Uh, I never said that Steph's team was my favorite mm. team to win the league. You roster baited over it. Yeah, I did. I did do that. Yeah, all over the place. Stephanie posted a 69. Nice. 0.7. And with the loss and QB sneaks, 101.1. Jalen Hurts, Lamar Jackson, what a matchup. They literally like tied, which is pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, Leonard Fournette, let's talk about Steph's team first. Leonard Fournette, Steady Steady Lenny. That's not his name, right? Steady Lenny. Uh, no. I'm gonna I'm gonna that's his new moniker. I'm trademarking that. Why is Joshua Kelly out there, Jake? Aren't you a Chargers fan? I I, I don't I have no idea. And Steph is also a Chargers fan, hence her name. Um Oh, that's what it means. Look at the Look at the logo. It's a Chargers logo. Um, but but Sonny Michelle is the backup there, and I'm not sure why Joshua Kelly got the play. I think that was just a way too cute. I mean, unfortunately for Steph, it wouldn't have mattered anyway because Joshua Kelly's not dropping 30 points in any matchup that features Austin Eckler. Uh, but Sonny Michelle, uh, just sorry, just uh, Joshua Kelly getting hurt in like the first or second series of the game. Uh, just all but, you know, put Steph away for the week. But the rest of her team, I, th- I think we're we're starting to kind of get in panic mode, if I were her. Um, Jonathan Taylor being out, he is going to return. This is not something I think that's going to last, you know, over the course of the season. So having someone 
or having someone like Lamar Leonard and Joshua, uh, sorry, Jonathan Taylor is definitely something to build around. But I don't know. I, I, I'm these wide receivers that she has. I still like Jalen Waddle. I think with Tua coming back, I mean, he's still top eight wide receiver in fantasy points. Um, but I'm a little worried about, I, I've never really been a big fan of Dallas Goddard, even though I know that he is a top, you know, six. He's right now, he's a top six tight end. Yeah. But Mike Williams is so hit and miss when Keenan returns. Are they, is it going to make things easier for Mike? Is it going to, you know, hurt his production because Keenan's coming back? I don't know. I, I think it's time for Steph. I, I, we we've said this for a lot of these teams. I, it's time for her to start making moves to kind of solidify some of these some of these spots. I mean, I'm just talking on my ass here, but I feel like Mike Williams is a better receiver for the Chargers, maybe as a team, when he's not the number one guy. Don't you think? Like he turns into a more reliable end zone or a third down threat. I don't know about that because if you look at his last two weeks before this one. He had seven catches for 120 yards and 10 catches for 134 yards. He had back-to-back huge weeks with no touchdowns. Uh, He had back-to-back really big weeks without Keenan. The week prior to that, he only had one catch, and that was a touchdown. Um, But I don't know. I I think he – I believe that – I believe Keenan was out the very first week of the season too. So, you know, he went off against KC. I I think – what his issue is is that when you have a, a steady lockdown corner that plays man, it's hard for him to he, – he is not a separation wide receiver. No. He is a go up and just grab the ball out of the air, and he's amazing at that. He's one of the best in the league when it comes to that. But when you have someone like a Sertain um, right up in your face and not letting any separation go, he he's not a great route runner. He basically is just a head down the field and just jump up for the ball. So – he he struggled, um, but I I do think it's gonna take away targets when when Keenan comes back. Yeah, and I, he's just gonna have to supplement that with touchdowns. But uh, the way that this offense has been going, it just hasn't 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 clicked for Mike Williams. You can't get mm-hmm. that steady steady uh, that steady inflow of points that you that she hoped for because that was mm-hmm. a question mark we did had coming in with her team as her wide receiver, and it was really anchored around Mike Williams and. And we go to QB Sneaks. He literally won this week off his pickup of Deion Jackson. Yeah, pickup of the week for me when it comes to any team in the league. Um, Have you heard I, of Juju Smith? You didn't, did you pick him up? You just played him. No, I picked him up. Oh, did, no, you had him at the beginning of the year, didn't you? No, I picked him up. Oh. We, we'll talk about that with my match. Yeah. Um, but Deion Jackson um, was... It's just a, a very smart pickup. That's I didn't even think about that going into the week. I think I picked up Darrell Henderson, who had a decent game. Uh, but Deion jo- Jackson just dominated. He just was used in the uh for catching the ball. He ran for he only ran for forty two yards, but only had twelve carries and he had a touchdown. So, you know that's a really good pu- plug and play for one week. I don't see too um you know him having much too much of a role especially when Naeem Hines comes back, uh, Jonathan Taylor comes back, but great play by Shane this week. Yeah, and just steady across the board. Uh, Justin Jefferson didn't hit projections, but gave him just enough just to get the win. I'm not buying. I, we've both been down on George Kittle this year. I'm not buying this 12.3 that he had. They were down 
Most yeah, but you got to give him props though. He finally, he finally got over ten points this week. Well, give him props. I mean, what am I, his coach? Ten targets. Right. Got ten targets, and they finally used him in the passing game. Their their defenses got banged up. Their offensive line is banged up. I don't. Still, regardless, I still see them as a good football team. I still see them like above average football team. They're not going to be a lot of games where they're just giving up fourteen points in the first. 10 minutes of the game and be trailing the whole game. I don't see that as a script for them. I see in a normal script for them, Debo's always going to be involved, but I don't see George Kittle doing that. So, but yeah, he got over the, he got over the, the 10 point mark. Good for him. He needed it. This match. Well, I guess he didn't really need it this matchup because any matchup that you're going against Joshua Kelly, you could throw out, I mean, anyone and you'll probably get the victory, but mm-hmm. he got his 10 points. We've been dogging him. He's probably listening to us. He's sticking it to us, but Hey, we got to be critical. We're on. We're honest podcasters here, honest uh, fantasy football nerds. But talk about it a little bit with another matchup, Deontay Johnson. Woof. It's just. I mean, it's incredible. It was an eight point spread, nine point spread. I think it was nine and a half uh, for Pittsburgh for them to win that game and to really win that game without like almost relying on their top wide receiver, Deontay Johnson. You would think in a matchup like this, Tampa's going to be uh, ahead, kind of controlling. They're going to be throwing the ball. But and Deontay Johnson, I don't think I don't think a Shane uh, hunkered in a lot of value on him uh, for the draft. I mean, as a third mm, wide receiver, it's he not was drafted bad. sixth round. Sixth round, wolf. That's a lot higher than I thought. Mm-hmm. Well, um, man, it's just tough. We we've talked about it. It's tough to trust a Pittsburgh wide receiver right now. And looking at his bench, is it the Alex Alec Pierce show? That touchdown he had was nasty. It was so cool. They just looked like they were going to play it safe, and then uh, they just sent Alec Pierce down, screaming down the field. It was just mm-hmm. such a cool, cool moment and a cool, I guess, like kind of uh, identity for Alec Pierce and that offense. Now he didn't get the type of target share that Michael Pittman did, but Alec Pierce has showed weekend week uh, these past couple weeks leading up that he's getting more and more involved. If that offense can figure it out, um, and if they can throw the ball, I mean, they're not going to throw the ball as much as they did in this Jacksonville game, but Matt Ryan can get back to being that consistent, like, fairly accurate quarterback that he's been his whole career, besides this year, it seems like, that I feel that there could be enough um, of the pie for Pittman and Pierce. And maybe Pierce can sneak into that flex spot when a Shane needs it down the, down the rest of this uh, season. Yeah. I think out of anyone, um, Alec Pierce, it can definitely come in for, for bye weeks and, and play that flex. Um, even, you know, if I'm not sure if Justin Jefferson and D will have the same bye week, but I think it's someone that you can kind of begin to trust to at least get eight to 10 points. And that's without a touchdown. And then mm-hmm. hope that he does get a touchdown. Um, but, I mean, Shane has two banged-up running backs on his IR, and I think once they come back, you know, he, he has a, still has a solid squad. I just don't see too much boom besides Justin Jefferson. Um, I think all of his running backs are very much going to be consistent 10 to 15-point running backs, and you're not going to get more than that on a consistent basis by any of them. Um, but I think overall he's got a, has got a good squad. Yeah, I would not trust Deontay Johnson anymore in in any situation um for for me i would rather play alec pierce than deontay 
Um, I think Deontay gets some targets, but he has no touchdowns this year. And Alec Pierce has shown that that offense, and I think it will change a little bit, of course, once Jonathan Taylor comes back. Yeah. But, um, you know, in games that Jonathan Taylor did play, Alec Pierce, and when he, Alec Pierce was healthy, um, he started the season a little a little banged up. But, you know, week four against Tennessee, four catches, 80 yards, right? And he had six targets. Denver, I, I, Jonathan Taylor was out. But, you know, he had eight for 81 and nine targets, which is nice. So I definitely think that um, – <clears throat> excuse me, that a Shane needs to, I, I don't know if a Shane can really tinker with his team right now. I don't think you can afford to trade anyone to try and upgrade um, without losing like a big piece. And I'm not sure how many people actually want someone like a James Connor or a David Montgomery. So I, I think I would just kind of stick with what I got right now and just work the waiver wire. Yeah. Uh, after this, we got both teams at two and four, Stephanie at eight. QB6 at ninth. All right. The Notorious. This was our matchup of the week, by the way. First against the second place team at the time. It was the Notorious Trey's team against the Cat. Hashtag Claws Up. Oh, God. I need a better soundboard than that. Well, but... I mean, I'm just glad that wasn't actually you making that noise. I had oh. no idea what noise was going to come out. Blake warned me before. Uh, you know, leading this in that there was going to be some sort of sound coming from the soundboard, and that did not disappoint. That didn't. I I was looking for a cat like growl, but that was more of a cat mating call. But I am mating my way into first place. Interesting that makes way any of, sense. of describing that. You should have just you know led with. I don't know. I don't. The know cat claws up, with. baby. Five and one, leading this league. Um, let's, let's start with Trey's team first. Uh, Trey missing Josh Jacobs this week, who was on a bye, started Tony P, didn't really give him much. When's the last time, Jake, when's the last time you've, you've said that? Missing Josh Jacobs. Yeah, no, I mean, Josh, Josh, Josh Jacobs. Jacobs has been one of the, you know, bright spots in fantasy this year. I feel like when everyone kind of wrote him off. Uh, he was taken in the sixth round, um, and he has been a top seven running back, um, even with the bye this week. So I feel like probably before the bye, um, he was probably a top four, top five running back. But he get uh, Trey got his you know his usual projection, his point total from Josh Allen, from Austin Eckler, who continues to to catch the ball a lot. Austin Eckler has now moved into number one fantasy running back. Um, but we talked about this. I knew this was going to happen. I knew Keenan Allen was not going to play this oh, week. Trey yes. just decided to play him. Um, he didn't really have any options, but he could have dropped someone like a Russell Gage or a Josh Reynolds. Looking at the waiver wire and looking at the wide receivers, um, you know, there wasn't anyone that really went off. He could have maybe played a Chase Claypool if he really were feeling like that, but it's against Tampa Bay, so probably wouldn't have. Um, no one else really. Maybe if you wanted to just play Joshua Palmer because he's on the Chargers and he was going to start, he got you 10 points, but that wouldn't have made a difference in this matchup. So, Trey, um, I mean, I don't really know who else to really talk about on his team. Chris Godwin continues to catch a lot of uh, passes from Brady, but not really getting into the end zone. Um, Zach Ertz is continuing to be, you know, a very consistent tight end. 
for Kyler. He gets a ton of targets. Uh, he catches six or seven passes a game, but he rarely gets into the end zone. So we'll see. Um, you did say that Kyle Pitts, uh, you know, perhaps start him. He had a touchdown, but he only caught three catches for 19 yards. Um, but yeah, Trey's team kind of disappointed this week. Didn't crack 100. Uh, but when he gets Josh Jacobs back next week, however, he does miss Josh Allen, uh, which is big for Trey, I feel like, because Brady really hasn't performed quite well. Uh, but yeah, I'm I'm still kind of out on Trey's team. Trey continues in our uh, fantasy group chat to, you know, have these weird uh, kind of cryptic messages. Yeah, that was uh, about, wild. <laughs> about his squad. But, uh, yeah, we'll see uh, if he can turn it around after losing this week. Now, put yourself in Trey's shoes, his lineup. Mm-hmm. You're confident. Josh Jacob, Jingleheimer Smith, RB2, rest of the year. You don't have to make a move. You're you're fine with that? I'm fine with that. The only thing that I'm worried about is that there's, there's I guess, Tony, Tony Pollard is your number three. And I, I wouldn't trust Tony P as a number three running back. Tony Pollard at times shows flashes of like whoa this guy can be a starting running back in the league and then there are times where Zeke shows up well yeah either Zeke shows up or just neither of them do anything so I think next week he does play the Lions which the Lions have had a week off um perhaps they'll be rested that defense is just dog shit to put it nicely um so lion shit but but uh, so maybe perhaps you put Tony P out of flex spot because I believe there's somebody else, uh, Devonta Smith on a bye. So, you know, I don't know. We'll see. He, I, I just don't like his bench. He's 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 kept one bench spot open, um, which is kind of just weird to me as well. Cryptic, uh, dude. Guy's cryptic. Yeah, very cryptic. Um, still has two quarterbacks. I'm surprised he doesn't have two kickers on his squad as well. But, uh, yeah, I, I think Trey – I definitely think Trey's going to make the playoffs, but I wouldn't be surprised if he kind of drops and is like a – you know, I could see a third, fourth, fifth-place finish for him for sure. Uh, can we talk about how Juju Smith-Schuster was the second – okay, second best pickup of the week? Sure, we'll talk about him as the second best pick of the week. Yeah, you picked him up – yeah, you picked him up Saturday morning. Mm-hmm. Um, that's right. I, I, I knew that he was – I knew that he was drafted, so he's drafted by Steph's team, and Steph kind of kept him on the bench until last week. Well, sucks for Steph. Um, yeah. So yeah, good pickup by you to play. So him. lucky though. I mean, um, I, I don't deserve. He did not deserve that touchdown. Literally, he was just yeah. in bubble wrap, spinning around in the on the field, and then it broke one off. But uh, I got. I mean, with this matchup, with this matchup, me clearing it by twenty points. Uh, I knew Austin Eckler was going to get the points uh, that he had. I I was juggling between Juju and Adam Thielen, and I mean, I guess I guess either decisions I wouldn't have been wrong. But man, was I right about Najee Harris? Right? Who can say? Yeah, that? I mean, I mean, I guess it really I guess make a I guess Devin Singletary definitely. I mean, he had more points, as you can see, at twelve point seven compared to Najee's eleven point nine. Uh, but Najee finally did find the end zone. Um, that was a tough matchup against Tampa Bay's defense. Uh, and Devin Singletary did run the ball well. He had seventeen carries for eighty-five yards, four catches for twenty-two. 
So yeah, I, I, you made the right play there. Um, but if I were you, I would still either try to find a, a tagger for Najee, or I feel like yeah, I guess you will have to. Sam, Mike Evans. <laughs> um, figure out what you're gonna do with him because I, I do feel like just have him sit in the bench is kind of just a waste of waste of space for right now. Yeah, I mean, do you want to give me some fantasy football advice? Do I? Uh, at this point at the junction, do I run Brees Hall out every single week? I mean, I think you have to. I mean, Brees Hall has kind of shown that he has taken that backfield, and he's a dynamic player. He has three touchdowns, one touchdown for the last three weeks. He has over 10 points the last five weeks. He is someone that I feel like you have to play every single week, depending on who they play. Now, they play a good team in Denver next week um, on the road. But you just saw what Austin Eckler did. I'm not saying that Brees Hall is the same as Austin Eckler, but they can be similar in the way that they kind of move. Uh, they're both kind of shifty. Austin Eckler does definitely catches a lot of balls out of the backfield. But, you know, Austin Eckler, I'm looking at his stats. He had 14 carries for 36 yards. That's only 2.6 a carry, mm-hmm. which is not that great. This is not good at all. Um, but no. Brees Hall, are they going to be down that game? Like I, That's a, actually, I think, is going to be a sneaky good game next week as far as the defenses go, the offenses, I think are going to be terrible, but yeah, I definitely think Brees Hall has to at least be a flex play every week. Yeah, it's tough. I'm in a situation too, like a lot of managers where there's a lot of teams that are deep in running back and they're kind of struggling at wide receiver. I don't feel like I'm struggling at wide receiver with Michael Pittman. Finally, I got the game where it was just lock eyes on Michael Pittman to move the sticks Mm-hmm. I believe he had 16 targets, 16 or 17 targets. Yeah, he had stupid 16. like that. Mm-hmm. Um, no, I don't expect that every week, but I do expect anywhere from 7 to 10 targets. So I'm glad to see that any win, I, I don't know if that means anything, but um, in that gutsy win that the Colts had over the Jags and mm-hmm. them feeding Michael Pittman the ball and then them winning on top of it, I feel like that speaks volume to – the potential of the of that offense relying on that offensive scheme like throughout the rest of the year. Now that's just me trying to rationalize I, I will Pittman. I will say that they were down that entire game. Like they they were down fourteen to three from the get go. So you're not especially on a team that doesn't have their best player available and running the ball and trying to establish the run. They were just gonna start throwing from the get go down fourteen to three. So they definitely started doing that. Uh, but I feel like Michael Pittman had a lot of his yards in the second half um, to where they were kind of, I mean, the second quarter on, I should say. So that's kind of like when they started to come down. They were down 14 to three, uh, 10 minutes into the second quarter. So after that, I feel like he just was force fed the ball, giving it to him all over the, just was being able to, to, I was watching, I saw that on red zone. They, they cut in, I feel like a lot that game. And every time I saw them moving the ball, it was with him. So he definitely was that number one. Um, I'm not sure if that's something that you can rely on. I definitely I mean you're not going to bench Michael Pittman. He's had a, has had a really good year as far as targets go, um, but this was by far uh, his first week was really good too. But yeah, uh, the last three weeks that he's played were kind of disappointing. I guess the best word to to say. Um, but his next two matchups are nice in Tennessee and Washington. Um, but I, I definitely think he is someone that is a very solid number two wide receiver, which he is on your team because you'll be getting uh, Devontae back. Yeah, I just 
I mean, I don't want to like openly just be like, hey, trade with me just because I have a microphone here. But God, I will trade Kyler Murray. Anyone wants Kyler Murray, please send me a trade. <laughs> like, please. I'm willing to package Kyler and one of these running backs, maybe Brees Hall. I'm looking at Steph. Make a deal with Lamar. Just hear it out. But anything else you want to touch on with any of these two teams? Uh, no, I think this was the, it, it's always, you know, it's always good when your best player has an off week and you still win. So for instance, for you, like Nick Chubb, I, I had a very good feeling like, for instance, I didn't play Kareem Hunt this week because I thought that both running backs were going to get shut down. Um, and Nick Chubb only had seven and a half points, only had 56 rushing yards. Uh, cause New England has a sneaky, good defense. Bill Belichick knows, of course he's the best coach at football. He knows what the hell he's doing. Um, so taking away their best options as far as those two running backs. But yeah, I uh, good week for your squad. Uh, you survived the bye week with two of your good wide receivers. One really good wide receiver and one uh, and Brandon Cooks that, you know, free Brandon Cooks somewhere else. That's what you want specifically going into that trade deadline, actual trade deadline in the NFL. You need Brandon Cooks on a different team. Well, I can only hope more more options to plentiful. I'll take it with my team. If this win, I go five and one. Torres goes three and three. 